everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. This week, we have horror fan and one of the co-hosts of the Drunken Drive-In podcast, Dylan McFry, on the show. The Georgia native told me all about how watching horror movies was a family affair growing up when he once broke into a supposedly haunted abandoned hospital in his home state with a Ouija board and the movies that he likes that everyone else just seems to hate. He also talked about his upcoming wedding that's taking place on Halloween in just a few weeks. I wanted to acknowledge ahead of time that the audio volumes are a little wonky because I had to adjust the volume of my vocals manually so apologies about the quality this time around. I'll make sure it's better going forward. I don't know why my voice recorded so low. Anyways, one last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the podcast and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think that's it. So let's get into this episode with Dylan McFry. Hey, Dylan, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I am 30 years old. I live in Calhoun, Georgia, and I am a high school science teacher. And I am a glutton for punishment because I am in the process of, I just now finished an online master's degree. I'm getting married on Halloween this year, and I just moved. Oh, wow. That's a lot of things all at once. It was quite a lot to take on at once. I wouldn't recommend, I would recommend all three of them separately, but preferably not at the same time. Oh, well, that's awesome that you're getting married on Halloween. That's so cool. Absolutely. Is it a Halloween themed wedding? Um, Kind of. We're not going full blown like spirit Halloween looking situation, but it's going to be a little bit of a darker theme. So we're excited about it. <laughs> that's very cool. Uh, so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie, I've always struggled to list this as an option because I know technically it's a miniseries. So some people might not consider a miniseries an actual movie, but I do. It would be It from 1990. Very cool. Um, I've actually, I have to admit, I've never gone back and watched that one. Still, I still you, need to. You have seen it. It's just been a while. I No, I haven't seen it. So. Oh, you never seen it. I got you. I haven't seen it at all. Um, but I, I love Tim Curry, so. Oh, yeah, it's, he's phenomenal. It's, I would definitely say it hasn't aged well. You can definitely tell it's a made-for-television 90s movie event. But Tim Curry is so terrifying that I think the fact that people are scared of him to this day really speaks to just how powerful it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so why don't you tell me, how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Honestly, it probably has something to do with the movie I just mentioned, and that was it. I don't know how young I was when I watched it, but my mom was a massive Stephen King fan. She was always reading his books whenever they would come out. And I don't know if it was just, it just happened from when she was watching it or someone else in the family, but we ended up watching it when we were, I can't give you a number, but I, I tell you it was single digits. We were far far too young to have done anything like that so I think it all grew from that how terrified we were of that movie and I say we because I have an identical twin brother and 
we grew up and had the same room, did all the same stuff. So I say we just because it was us both watching it, loving horror, everything having to do with it. So I guess it just grew from that. Very cool. Um, Is your twin brother still a horror fan too? He is. He is. I don't want to say further along in life than me. We are the same age, but he is married and he has three kids. So I think he's in the mode of, I guess he can get some horror in whenever he has time, but he's a little bit, obviously I said I'm busy this year with all of this, but he's, he's got the kid thing going. So I think he's getting them in when he can. Yeah, that's understandable. You're going to have to start um, lending a hand, introducing his kids to horror soon. So. Absolutely. I'm just, you know, it's like when you can start telling a kid's personality when they're small and I don't peg any of his kids for horror fans yet, but I guess you never know. Yeah, you never know. Horror fans come in all shapes and sizes. Hence they do. Hence why I started this podcast. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so why do you think people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? I think that it makes our lives seem okay. You can be having the worst day, the worst month, the worst year, the worst life. And the minute you see someone get chainsawed up, well, it's at least I'm not getting attacked with a chainsaw right now. I think it sort of hands back a little bit of control to us. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, what is your favorite subgenre in horror? Oh, gosh, that's a tough. Um, I'd, I guess technically it would fall into slasher, but seeing a summer camp in a horror movie, I think there's just so many good ones that are based on that. And I say good, some of those are good in air quotes, but I think just something about seeing stupid, dumb, horny teenagers at a summer camp, I'm probably going to enjoy it if it's good or if it's trash. All right. Um, what are your top three favorite summer camp horror movies? Um, I actually saw the original Friday the 13th for the first time, I believe last year, and I watched it again recently. Um, I actually don't know if I would include that one on my top three. One, I think my top would be still a Friday the 13th, but Friday the 13th part six, Jason Lives. It, I think, is probably the strongest of those movies, surprisingly. So I have to give a nod to that one. Um, Sleepaway Camp, obviously, is another classic. And who can forget that final shot? Yeah. And... You know, honestly, I probably would just include the original Friday the 13th in there. Just, you just, they're so much fun. <laughs> like some of them are so bad, but they're so fun. I think they're all pretty bad. I've only seen the first three. I also watched the first one for the first time last year. I spent a lot of the beginning of lockdown, like watching a bunch of classic horror movies that I had never yeah. around to seeing. So that was on that list. But yeah. Did you watch Fear Street 1978 yet? I did. I actually have seen all three of them by this yeah. point. I think 1978 and, uh, was my favorite. So. Uh, I really, re- a lot of people I saw that were ranking them would rank consistently put 1994 at the bottom. Like nobody said that they hated it, but I just consistently saw it as the third out of the three. Mm-hmm. I really, really like it, but I think I would pro- probably have to say I probably like 1978 the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so also maybe another hard question. Who are your favorite horror directors? Horror directors. I, I might have to say John Carpenter as the top simply because if it is my favorite movie, Halloween is definitely knocking on the top five. I've just, I watch it 
multiple times a year and I just never get tired of it. And on top of that, speaking of seeing things for the first time, I saw the thing for the first time this year. Like, I think it might've been. Yeah, me too. I actually started listening to your old episodes and multiple times people said, oh, the thing's my favorite movie. And you're like, I haven't seen it. So it's good to hear that you saw it. Yeah. But yeah, that that one blew me away. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it for a while. It stuck with me. It still does. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, I, I thought the practical effects were really cheesy looking, but what can you do? I know everyone loves them. So, you know, come at me on Twitter. For the time that it was made, yeah, that was that was the pinnacle. <laughs> um, so you said you live in Georgia. Have you been to any haunted locations in Georgia? I know that Savannah is one of the most haunted cities, supposedly, in America. Um, and I think there are probably a lot of plantations and whatnot that are haunted. Have you been to any of these? Yes, I, um, I've, took, I've been to Savannah once before. Even though I live probably about four hours from Savannah, I've only been once in my life. I went for little spring break trip me and my fiance took probably it was the year it was 2019 it would have been the year before uh covid uh we took a tour of the uh, sorrel weed house Mm. it's actually featured on a buzzfeed unsolved episode so that was the tour was a lot of fun obviously we didn't get to do like them and do the whole just us tour but it, it was still fun to hear that and see i actually went with a friend of mine and someone else we went to actually try to find a haunted place ourselves there was this abandoned hospital in a town in georgia called milledgeville and we went to this place and we broke in we didn't break in but obviously it's still monitored like security still drives by it so you're really not supposed to go there like it is private property we're like oh whatever who cares it's okay, run down so, so you broke in just for the record yeah we broke in <laughs> um so we shimmied into this place and we walked around and it was very creepy, very cool. Um, they wanted me to bring a Ouija board and they were a lot more freaked out about it than I was. Like we did it, but it, honestly we were in the room and it was just so hot. Like I had sweat everywhere and I'm just like, we got to wrap this up guys. But they wanted to go to the roof. So we go to the roof and we're standing there and we see a security guard drive by and he's like stops and he goes by real slow and does the whole floodlight deal. So we're up on the roof. Like this is just really cool. But I heard a loud beeping and I knew in my head what it was, but I didn't want to say anything because I knew it would probably rain on their parade. And I'm like, surely they know what this is. Cause I, it sounded like a big truck backing up. And sure enough, it was because when we left that place and went back to where he had parked his car, they had towed his car while we were hunting ghosts in an abandoned asylum. How did you get, get home after? Uh, he actually called the place that towed it. He had to pay $200. They towed it less than a mile away from that location. He had to pay $200. We actually got an Uber. Some guy pulled up. It was these guys in a really old van with the seats weren't, I guess, set in the car like they were supposed to be because when they took off, my seat flipped over backwards. Ooh. And they had 40 cases of Bojangles chicken in the back. So I think they were Uber eating at the same time. But it was, that was a journey in itself. The whole journey back to the, the tow yard, it was incredible. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's quite a story. That, oh, man. I can't believe it really, a Ouija board. Yes, I, I bought it. I think it was like Walmart or something. I might have ordered it. And then we left it because I was like, I cannot bring a Ouija board into an Uber, guys. <laughs> I mean, there, it may have been haunted. There may have been spirits attached to it now after that. So it's probably best that you left it there. 
Possibly. I left it near a church because he parked at a church. So there's a church parking lot with some bushes and there's a Ouija board sitting behind it now. <laughs> I wonder what all the people at the church the next day thought. I wish I could have been there when they found it. <laughs> um, I have to ask, do you ever get the chance to incorporate horror movies or horror elements into your science lessons when you're teaching? Um, I probably couldn't think of a specific example, but I really try to work movie references in as much as possible. I wish I had more movie decorations in my classroom and I'm working on that, but the kids know I'm a huge movie guy. So a lot of times it was like really one of the proudest moments of my life at this point. I was, we had a homeroom time and one of my kids came up to me and he was like, so I know you're, you're really big into horror movies. So can you give me a list of stuff you wanted to watch? And I was just like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, so an article that came out last year said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that that is? Um, I would say possibly it's similar to the answer I gave earlier. Um, just I, for me personally, and I don't want this to sound bad, when lockdown first started, from a complete not thinking about the worldwide ramifications of it, not thinking about the people actually being hurt and affected, at first, I actually kind of liked it because it was like they shut our school down. So we were basically at home doing online work and it was easier. We got to spend a lot of time together. So at first, it was almost like this. It was like a weird vacation or a staycation even. But the because also, I think in the back of my head, obviously living in Georgia, something that we deal with is nobody takes it seriously. And that includes people who should be taking it seriously. So I think everybody's like, oh, the school's going to close down for two weeks and then everything will blow over and we'll be back to normal. So in my head, I'm like, hey, I got two weeks off. And on top of that, no one I knew was getting it. So it was like this thing that was just away from me. But I think the longer that we stayed in it, like it's really started taking a toll in ways I didn't picture. Like my mental health was thrown for a loop and I'm still dealing with that. And I think a lot of people maybe underestimated because I think if you asked a lot of people at the end of 2019, what's something you could do with more time at home, they would have said, and everybody was stuck at home. And I really think it played a, like it took a toll on people. So I think that horror movie fans are used to that kind of thing. They're used to watching things that seem hopeless. They're watching things that are graphic, that are tough to deal with. So I think they're well-versed in it. So they might've handled it maybe a little better than someone who doesn't take that kind of thing in all the time. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all now dealing with PTSD from this. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I could, I don't know why that term didn't come to me, but yeah, it's, it is a lot. Yeah. Um, I know you host a podcast called the drunken drive-in podcast. Tell me, yeah. tell me about how you came up with the idea for that. We came up with the idea. Um, the couple that I co-host with, I met them through the gym that I go to. And it quickly, as we kind of bonded all three of us together, it became apparent to me they were big movie people. And just one day, randomly, uh, Frank, one of the co-hosts, said, like, you know, Erica, who's the other one, we should, we should, they said we should just start a podcast. The first idea they said was just look at, like, the IMDb top 250 movies and just review one of those. And they had me at, like, movie podcasts. I was like, heck, yeah, I'll do it. I don't know anything about it, but I listened to a lot of them, so I'm down for this. And from there, it became, well, how can we 
make one, but make it try to stand out because I know there's probably thousands of them at this point in just like movies alone. And so we went through the idea of maybe doing just a horror movie one, because I think that might have been the initial, I guess, plan. But we eventually decided to do movies of all genres. We wanted to make sure and represent everything. And then it came time for a name. And every name I think anyone has ever thought of for a podcast is taken. Every single one. So all of these cool names that I had, I would Google it. Oh, there's one. Oh, there's another one, too. And we ended up settling on somehow coming along to drunken drive-in and it worked. And I know there's the last drive-in and I was like, Oh, that's, I hate to use the name drive-in just because of that, but it's worked so far and it's been a blast. I'll say. Awesome. I know you, you've covered some movies like um, army of the dead, but you've also done other movies like burn after reading. Um, So do you, do you really cover all genres? Do you gravitate towards any specifically that you feel like you cover more? Um, I think, especially myself and my co-host Frank, we are big horror movie people. So I think there has been a trend so far where I think we have picked several horror movies and some of them in a row. But and it's like Erica has to remind us we've done a lot of horror. We got to pick some other stuff. So we're we are trying to make sure we hit all the different genres at a certain point. <laughs> um, speaking of drive-ins, did you get to go to any drive-ins last summer? I actually didn't. Um, I've wanted to for a while, but there are really only two drive-ins near me that are a conceivable distance to go. Like they're both still over where I live in Georgia. There's not a drive-in for probably at least like an hour and a half drive, which I mean, to some people that's not a lot, but you know, on a budget, sometimes it gets to be a lot, but I sadly did not get to go. I wanted to, but I went several times the year before shockingly, but then the year we're stuck at home. Not much drive-in time, sadly. What are your top three favorite episodes of the podcast so far? Oh, man. The one we just did, my fiance actually sat in with us because she happened to be there at the same time. And that was we reviewed The Witch. Actually, that was technically the one before last. I forgot Burn After Reading came out this week. But yeah, The Witch, I think might be my favorite so far, just because I feel like we were all, nobody really seemed nervous. We were just literally literally having a good time just talking about the movie I thought we made some good points and then with her being there too and Madison didn't her her name's Madison she did such a good job with it in her discussion so that one loved it uh after that I would say we did an episode covering Mystic River Clint Eastwood's movie from 2003 and that one was a fun one because my co-host Frank cried in it because he was talking about what would he do if his daughter, if he had found his daughter like Sean Penn did in the movie, and then he rated it like a five out of 10 or something. <laughs> and after that, I'd say Freaky, because we did a uh, Freaky from 2020, and that was just a blast to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Did you like The Witch? I did. Yeah. A lot. I think I have to listen to your episode on that, because I've watched it twice. And I, I think the second time I used subtitles, but it's still, it's just so hard to follow, because the dialogue is so um antiquated i will say yeah his um i always i hate so much to ever mispronounce someone's name because it has happened to me a lot um but the actor i know his name is ralph and i don't know if it's innocent or innocent but that's the guy that plays the dad in that movie the both times i watched it the first time me and madison actually sat down to watch it together 
we turned it off within five minutes because we couldn't understand him. And both times that I've watched it since, I had to turn subtitles on. Yeah. Yeah. That, He's got a deep voice. Go that. Mm-hmm. I think I had subtitles when I watched the, little, the uh, Lighthouse last year, too. Oh, yes. Gosh, I actually saw that in theaters. And Madison went with me, and she was furious that she got dragged to see that. Yeah, I did not like it, which is a very unpopular opinion, but I was so bored during the entirety of it. It's got mermaid mangina in it. Like, I, you can't unsee that. There's just so much jerking off, and I just, you know. Oh, my God, I forgot. Robert Pattinson was just jacking it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we already talked about your favorite summer camp movies, but I saw recently on Twitter, on your Twitter, that you said that it, it uh, from 1990 was your favorite summer horror movie. Is there a distinction between summer horror and summer camp horror for you? Um, possibly. Um, summer camp to me was just honestly, like I hate to sound like I'm being sarcastic, but just like the ones that actually take place in those summer camp type settings with the, the teen to young adult counselors trying to watch after the little kids, which for some reason there are never kids around, which I always thought I mentioned Friday the 13th part six earlier. It's so crazy that none of those movies ever actually had kids at it, but that's the only one that I can recall where there were actually kids at the camp. Um, and summer horror to me is just, I think, again, horror that takes place in like the summer setting. So it's well established that we're out of school. It's time to have fun. But instead, all these horrible things are going on. Yeah. What are some of your other favorite summer horror movies? Ah, geez. I'd have to. Maybe I can come up with one. I always pivot to it because it all has to do the whole, really the whole story starts with him being let out of school into the wild. Um, I know there's a lot of scenes in school, but I know it's not a film either, but Stranger Things really jumps out at me is kind of that same feel. Um, I'm going to be honest though. I really, I think I'm just blanking out. I can't think of an example right now on the top of my head. That's okay. Um, So since you love it from 1990, what, do you think of Muschietti's It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2? Very interesting take on those because being my favorite movie of all time, it's been a big part of my life, my brother's life, and my mom. It's like been a connective thing with all of us. And when we saw the remake was coming out, it was me, my brother, and my mom actually went to the theater to see it. My mom doesn't really go to movies much, so it felt kind of like a big deal. Like, oh, she's actually going to go with us. And the first night we went and saw it was actually... It was not a good night to go because it might have been opening night and there was a lot of kids there and nothing against kids in movies, but they were, they really took away from, I think, Pennywise's impact, especially early on because they laughed really loud. They found him funny. So like, especially when he first pops up and he's like, hi, Georgie and first appears like they lost it and they laughed in such a like high pitched over the top way that it made me laugh too. Just their laugh was funny. So it was very distracting. So it wasn't a good experience to see it. But I will say that I have seen both of them. I saw them in theaters. I didn't really like chapter one the first time I saw it. But every time I see it, I like it more and more and more. And I think it's actually a really well done horror movie. Chapter two is the direct opposite. I walked out of the theater after seeing chapter two. Loved it. I loved it. And every time I've watched it since, I like it less and less and less. Well, there is supposedly a Muschietti cut that's going to be like six hours long. Would you go to a theater to see that? 
that's a long time to carve out for one. Um, I'd be willing to, cause I mean, being tied to my favorite movie, I would, I would be interested to see that six hours in the theater. I love the movies, but that is a, that's a journey. Yeah. Um, I guess for the experience, sure. I'd give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. You would have to like have your bathroom breaks planned out beforehand. You'd be like, I don't like this part. So I'll go during this part. But Oh my gosh. I pee like every 30 minutes. It seems like, so that would be, <laughs> That would be a journey. I'd have to bring cups or something. I somehow got through it chapter two without getting up at all. I was so impressed with myself. That is impressive. (laughs) Uh, So I have to ask, is your fiance a horror fan too? Yes, not to the same extent, but she does appreciate a good scary movie. She shies away a lot from any, I won't say gore in general, but gratuitous violence, anything that she can't handle torture stuff very well. So I think a lot of stuff from sort of that side she shies away from, but she does appreciate a good scary movie. She turned me on. I've never seen any of the Conjuring Universe movies or the Insidious, things like that. And she got me onto those. We actually watched a lot of those together. Oh, cool. Uh, Yeah, I definitely, I can uh, empathize with her. I don't like gratuitous gore or like torture porn or anything like that. Yeah. Um, So I can handle it as long as the characters are not well-developed. Like the Saw movies to me are not hard to watch at all just because the characters have always been thin to the point that you really don't care about them. But if it's ever a movie, like I've never seen it, but I hear about movies like Eden Lake and things like that, where it's obviously probably characters that you've been built up to somewhat care about. And if they're getting stuff like that done to them, it is, I start thinking about like, what if that was me or my fiance or my whatever? And it's, it's hard to do. Yeah, definitely. So when you have a free night and you can watch a scary movie, how do you decide what to watch when you're looking for something to watch? I get Madison to pick something because I will sit in front of all of my streaming services, scrolling mindlessly, not making a decision. I could sit that way for probably an hour and she'll finally just get pissed and grab the remote and pick something. So I have to, it's quite stressful for me. I have to plan it out much in advance. If I just sit down, I'm going to end up scrolling. Yeah, totally relate. (laughs) Uh, are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again i might not watch the lighthouse ever again um from a combination of boredom and just that was weird very weird never seen i people that know i like to watch movies and i like to watch weird movies so people I got this reputation around people that I knew that don't watch movies a lot. They knew I like weird movies. They would always try to tell me like the most out there movie they could think of. And somebody tried to get me to watch a Serbian film, but I looked up what happened in it. And I was like, I think that one's going to be a big fat nope. Probably. I don't know if I'll ever watch audition again, although I think it's a masterpiece. I just don't think I could watch it again. It was a lot. I hear that one is pretty brutal. It's been on my shutter watch list for like a year now but I don't know if I'll ever watch it. No, I have a friend who recently, he sought out a Serbian film and he watched it and then told me about it after. And I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, this I got like a paragraph on Wikipedia and I was like, I don't think I'm going to take this one in. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? No. Um, as many times as I've been to the movies, I honestly have managed to they've managed to be pretty event free. Like they've been pretty calm. I guess the closest I could think of one would be the screaming laughter during it. They got everybody laughing. 
Uh, it's not a horror movie. I went and saw Deadpool 2 and some there was like one other person in the theater and I think he was like super drunk because he was pointing a laser pointer at the screen a lot. And, you know, Deadpool is so like fourth wall breaky and so like over the top. I honestly for a, like for a little bit thought it was actually part of it. I'm like, did they actually put like a laser pointer in this? And then it became apparent that it was a dude. Um, other than that, I saw Gretel Hansel and they had the audio turned down so low that I honestly don't know if I know a single word that was said in it. And like at one point, somebody turned around to us was like, can you hear anything? And we're like, no, man. Oh, my goodness. I would have gone and complained to the manager. That That's so frustrating. Yeah, well, it was a lot. It was a cool movie, but still it was like, man, I can't hear this. Yeah, uh, it's on Hulu now, I think. I actually rented it last last year on VOD and I liked it. And most people don't like it. And a lot of people... And like the reviews online, they were like, it should be Hansel and Gretel, not Gretel and Hansel. I'm like, glad you focused of course on that. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like artsy fartsy movies like that. So it was right up my alley. Just if I can look at it and nobody's talking, but I'm still like getting a story from it. Very visual. Uh, what has your favorite horror movie been so far in 2021? <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to consult a list. I try to keep track of things that I've watched. I actually, as right before I came up here to log in, I watched, I'm still not done with it, but 2001 A Space Odyssey for the very first time because I chose it. I I chose it for a future podcast episode we're going to do. And I just got to a pretty creepy part in that. But let's see. Is that a horror movie? You know, I don't think it might be considered one, but it there's parts of it that definitely have a feel. But you wouldn't think that from the beginning and because it's long and it's just very, very weird is all I can say. And you're saying movie, a uh, horror movie that came out in 2021? Yeah. I would probably have to go with so far, I'd probably have to say Fear Street, 1978. Nice. Yeah, that was such, that was such an event. It was such a nice thing to have three and, uh, brought everybody together yeah but i'll say too that i honestly with that being said i have it i don't know if i've seen a lot of horror movies that have actually come out this year i've been watching a lot of stuff from the past yeah. but i think as far as came out this year i've missed probably a good bit of them yeah um what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2021 antlers that you would you need to get in touch with my friend mary that has been the movie she has been waiting for for forever i'll introduce mm-hmm. you guys on twitter she loves wendigos yes <laughs> i i saw that trailer by accident it was it came up on a pop-up like i don't use facebook as much as i used to but i was on there one day and it was like one of those ads that shows on your timeline or whatever they call them now but as i was scrolling it looked like one of those pop-up ads so i just almost scrolled by but i was like you know what and it looked intriguing. I don't remember what the picture was, but something drew me to it. And I played that trailer and man, that looked intense. So I was super excited for it. But then, you know, the world shut down and it got moved back and back and back. And I believe it's October this year. It's supposed to finally hit. Yeah. So I, I've been waiting on that one. <laughs> um, so I know you love horror, Halloween. Do you have any Halloween plans set up for this year yet? Other than... Our Halloween is going to be swallowed up by the wedding because we are going to get married. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, you have a really big party planned. (laughs) Yes, but um, our sister's throwing a, that's going to be the more Halloween theme we're doing at one of our showers right at the end of September before the real work begins. So I think it's going to be swallowed up by the wedding, but I'm going to try to get as much Halloween time in as I can. I actually ordered one of those Home Depot 12-foot skeletons. I managed to get one before they sold out. So when that shows up, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, 
Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you hold any unpopular horror movie opinions? One that uh, comes to my mind frequently that a lot of people, which I think a lot of movies that people have always hated online, they get a lot of love in general, but one is Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece. I'm not saying it's particularly well done, but I've always kind of liked it. And I remember watching it. It still kind of creeps me out. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. I rewatched that last year for the first time in forever. Um, yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought the beginning of it was a little weird in the uh, psychiatric institution. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, the horror YouTuber, uh, Spooky Astronauts, she a couple of months ago did a video defending that movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'll have to check that out. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you that link. Sweet. And as far as unpopular opinions, um, that might count as one because I know that movie does get hate a lot. I, I really like the original Blair Witch Project too, which a lot of casual movie people really hated it too. Um, I'm not as big of a hater on remakes as a lot of people tend to be, I guess. Maybe that would count as one. Uh, well, that leads into my next question, which is if you could remake oh. one horror movie, which one would it be? Um, how spoilery can I get with this? Uh, very spoilery. I'm figuring that anyone that listens to this podcast is a horror movie fan. So, okay. yeah. Well, in that case, have you seen Army of the Dead yet? I have not. No. I would remake Army of the Dead for the simple reason that I feel like Zack Snyder was this close to making something great when really he settled for making something that was good. Because I'll admit, Army of the Dead was fun. It's a lot of fun. Even if you, I don't really like zombie movies that much, and I had a blast watching it. But there is a subplot in Army of the Dead, and I don't know if this is the first time it's ever been done, but like the the alpha zombies, the ones that started the whole thing, they're like more advanced. It's established that there's like a king and queen, and the queen is pregnant, like full on zombie pregnant. But that is used as like a plot line introduced like more than halfway through it. And then it's resolved before the ending happens. The ending is just, there's one character that manages to escape, but then he ends up on a plane and notices that he's been bitten. And to me, I feel like those should have been switched. I think if you had ended that movie with the zombie baby thing, I think that would have been such a cool moment. And I think he dropped the ball on that so bad. So I would remake that and just make that the ending. All right, cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch that, if I'll ever watch that movie, because I don't, I think it might be kind of like, is it horror comedy a little bit? Yeah, it's definitely on the comedic. I mean, there, I will say there are moments in it that are pretty intense and like it's, it's pretty well done, but it definitely trends more towards the comedic route. Yeah. Yeah. That's not usually my thing. I don't know. Horror movies from the 80s, not my thing. I know it's recent, but I, just get the vibe that it's like a horror movie from the 80s so but we'll see yeah, bigger <laughs> I, budget bigger effects but yeah yeah uh, my friends right now are trying to get me to finish watching suicide squad which isn't horror but i watched the first five minutes until Pete davidson died and i'm like i'm, I'm good now and yeah. they're like no come on finish it it's really good i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna agree but yeah <laughs> have you watched that yet is this the new one I have not yet, no. Um, I probably will at some point. I don't know if that will be a theater trip, but I've, I've heard some okay to decent things, so I'm sure it's worth checking out maybe eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you been going back to movie theaters? Yes, I've been a few times this year. I haven't been as much 
once the move, when our house move really got underway, we lost a lot of time, but I have managed to go, uh, I think five times this year I started the year. I saw promising young woman back in January, right. As theaters had started creeping up and Oh God, that movie, that was, uh, that was something. And then my first journey really back was a quiet place part two. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be getting back to the movie theaters and I can't wait to see Don't Breathe 2 next weekend. I still haven't seen Don't Breathe. So you I should. Don't read anything about it. Just watch it. I surprisingly don't know what happens. Yeah, I surprisingly do not know what happens. In that. I, I didn't either. Um, so. I'm assuming the old man lives though because. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's in the sequel. Yes. But I, I hear that people are complaining that they're making the old man look like a hero in the trailers, but that's actually not the case. Somebody on the film said, so that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Quarantine with one horror villain. Um, my gosh, that is a great question. Because I don't want to be stuck with any of these people. That's what I always say. Yeah. Um, maybe Pinhead, just because he's going to leave me alone unless I mess with his box. So I'm just going to put his box in the closet and go about my day. <laughs> Fair answer. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for being here and for chatting with me. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and your podcast on the internet? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I believe my handle currently is uh, McFry, the film guy. And also, you can find us, the Drunken Drive-In Podcast. We're on Twitter. It's at Drunk Drive-In Pod. And you can find us on pretty much any social media platform and also on any streaming service that I can think of off the top of my head. (laughs) Awesome. I'll leave links to those in the show notes. Thank you again. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dylan McFry. And thanks again to Dylan for coming on. I will leave links to his socials and his podcast, The Drunken Drive-In, in the show notes. Again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a second to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at hello at whostherepodcast.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated.